This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of the Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom, and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside of you on the next opponents for Ipswich Town. So first of all, apologies for the absence of an Aston Villa show last week. I just simply ran out of time, but we're going to make up for it. Representing two-time champions of Europe, Nottingham Forest, from the Forever Forest TV YouTube channel and podcast, Mr. Adam Wicklow. Do you, Adam, do you realise the temptation to say, Wilco, how great it is? Yeah, well, you did really well there, Ben. I've, 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 I have to applaud you. Well, I'll applaud you, like, in the air, so it's not quite on the other <laughs> But f- to be fair, a lot of people get it wrong, but you, you've been spot on, well, it's, well played. It's like your brain can't process the word. Do you know what I mean? It just <laughs> it just sees Wilco and says, Wicklow. Adam, how are you doing? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me on. Second of all, I'd love I'd love to thank Ipswich Town for beating Derby County on Tuesday night and shutting my mate up at work. So that was that was oh, fantastic. It was, it was beautiful. We were like, do you remember in the nineties when the European teams came over and played our teams and scored after about three minutes and then just defended for the rest of the game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like that a, seems to happen now, doesn't it? It still happens now in Champions League. I think it was like an old school European performance. Anyway, Adam, quickly before we get into it, can you just tell our listeners a bit about your YouTube channel and any plans you've got for Saturday's game? If any of our listeners want to see the Forest perspective, um, we started this uh, our YouTube channel about a season and a half ago. Funnily enough, it was after playing Ipswich Town. Um, and we lost, I think we lost 2-1 or drew one all at home. I can't remember, but I think Jonathan Parr scored for you lot. Yeah, you scored um, and, the, and our keeper dropped one in the very, very last minute, didn't he? Quite, quite possibly. Um, and I remember just being infuriated by the absolute shambolic messages on, on Facebook and Twitter and started my own ramblings on. And it's kind of just carried on from, from the start to what it is now, which I think is... is it's quite respected in the forest community. It's still growing, which is great, but uh, that that's what we do at the moment. We just do vlogs and match days and uh, we're doing a podcast ourselves. Um, 
on Saturday, unfortunately, none, none, I don't know if anyone will be there from a forest perspective doing like a video or anything because unfortunately we're, we're quite busy. I'm actually filming uh, the second round of the FA Cup for Notts County <laughs> for BT Sports. So that's something uh, magical, I suppose. Awesome stuff. So it's Forever Forest TV on YouTube. So I'm sure you'll do a review and whatnot afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, right. What we do is we'll get a flavour from... Um, last year so and you'll be very grateful for the six points we gave you last year when we get when we get to the end of the um end of this stuff so the first one god this game was horrible so we're going to the 19th of november 2016 for a a very low rating sky tv match um forest come out two nil winners a game famed for brita sambalonga scoring from an Ipswich kickoff. Forrest didn't kick off. I repeat that. Forrest did not kick off. And Asambalonga <laughs> scores after 15 seconds um, and then at the end of the first half. Can you give me your recollections of kind of that game and the first sort of four months of, I bet all the Ipswich fans have even forgotten his name, Philippe Montagnier, um, yeah. and kind of how that how the start of that season panned out? The, the start of the season was like, it was like Keegan managing Newcastle in the 90s when they just kept winning like 4-3 three and 3-2. Three, and we thought, oh yeah, this will be all right. But uh, we suddenly realised that when we play teams that can actually defend, we'd be we'd be quite uh, stuck. Uh, luckily, I think for I think I'm rightly so, saying in this is that luckily that British Ombolonga was playing for Forest and scoring goals and Tom Lawrence was on loan at Ipswich at the time and scoring goals because otherwise I think both of us would have had a an indifferent season as more so than than Ipswich I'd say because we only just survived on goal difference um what I remember of that game was I'd only just sat down with my mate and suddenly we're we're going barmy thinking Ipswich have gave us a gift because I think it was the first I think it was our first win away from home that season and probably the first clean sheet as well because we couldn't keep a clean sheet to save our lives it was just just horrible Adam I I, (laughs) it it took us about six or seven months to cope you know the new kickoffs where you didn't have to knock it forward so we started sticking a centre midfielder on kickoff passing it to the left back and what would happen is they booted it forward and if we didn't win the first throw in I think it was Osborne was then completely behind our our midfield with the ball and obviously um Asan Belonga as we'll go on to is a very decent player um can you just do a little bit on Oliver Burke because I remember on our podcast last year you talked about flying out of the traps with Montagnier how good was Oliver Burke I would say he was like a rough diamond uh, to put it I think that's like the best way of putting it because he had all the attributes he was a, he's tall athletic really really powerful player um, and like if you got the ball and you gave him an opportunity to run at you you weren't you weren't going to catch him really um, but there was obviously elements to his game that he needed to improve on like his cross and maybe getting his head up a little bit more and just it, and I think it would just come with age, um, but he was someone that would get you off off your seat and like someone that get you excited. But we sold him for such little money and to a team that that just didn't use him, and it was like selling him to Chelsea almost in yeah. the Bundes, uh, in RBL because they were just buying everyone. And now he's playing for West Brom, and I think he started to slowly get into West Brom's team. And I think West Brom will have got a very good player on their hands. I think Pardew will like him. I'm not sure, but. Time will tell, obviously, but I wish Oliver Burke all the best, to be fair, but I don't think he spent enough time at Forest. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so by the time we get to game number two, um, obviously the shit's really hit the fan for Forest. So it's the final day of the season. Um, 
Montagna's gone. Warburton comes in in March. And Forrest are in big, big trouble. So can you set the scene going into the last game and just talk about what went wrong for Montagna? And we'll, we'll talk about the ownership in a couple of questions time. So just leave it with on the pitch stuff. But how did Forrest end up in that position? I, th- I think I've already mentioned it. And, and it's the same story for this season. Our defence is, is just not good enough. And going forward, sometimes we were, we looked really good. And then other times we just looked absolutely pathetic and useless. Uh, so it, we, it, we did it to ourselves, really. Like There were so many games where you expect to win and you just don't. Um, teams like, no offence to them, but like Burton Albion who were struggling and Rotherham where you struggle, where you don't get a result away. And and it's just a, it was just a build-up of, of shit, as you say. Um, so the last game of the season, we needed, to, we needed to better Blackburn Rovers as a result. Personally, I was hoping Birmingham City were going to get relegated because I'm not, not a biggest fan of them. But that's, that, that, that's would just been funny. that would have just been funny, wouldn't it? Because Redknapp was there, wasn't it? Well, it was just the whole thing of them having Rawert being in the playoffs and then suddenly sacking him at seven, when they're in seventh place and their absolute plummet down the league. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and thankfully Ipswich were kind enough to give us three more points and another <laughs> clean sheet um, and Asamba Longa's last, last game. Uh, what, what, what made me laugh, and I don't know if you went to the game, was apparently there was a couple of Derby and Leicester fans coming to watch, hopefully, what was Forrest's last game in the championship, potentially instead of going to watch their own teams, which yeah. makes me, That's, my head wobble. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ipswich were pathetic, weren't they? So we, it was a dead rubber for us. We had nothing to play for. And if I'd have been a Blackburn fan, I'd have thought that, because, I mean, you, you came out really fast. And I remember, for, you know, nearly scored in like 30 seconds, if I'm remembering it correctly. And just as soon as the first goal went in, our players were like, Look, because we, we'd had a crap season, we just want the season to finish. So you're right. Asombolomba gets another two, um, full-on pitch invasion um, after the game. I wasn't really, ex- wasn't really expecting that. To be fair, I didn't, I didn't really see the point in celebrating escaping. Well, I, the clutches of relegation, especially like. Do you know what, Adam? I wrote that question down and I took it out because I thought it was impolite. So I'm going to ask it now. Um, so. A, a club like Forest should they be invading the pitch based on, you know, narrowly avoiding a disaster? No, like in a, in a simple terms, I, sp- I suppose if say if we were like one under Fawaz, under Fawaz, it was absolutely it was dreadful, and I'm sure you'll talk we'll talk about it in a bit more depth. But if it was like where we were going bankrupt and there was literally there was no chance of us staying up then fair enough but we had actually a half decent team and we had some good we've got some good players and some of them are still there now some of them we've got rid of thankfully but it was it was just one of those where like we shouldn't really be celebrating this because it was absolutely crap like celebrate if you get get promoted and if it's in the worst situation but it, it wasn't worth it the players the players didn't deserve that sort of celebration from the fans I think it was just kind of a a build-up that we got rid of Fawaz, actually, more than more than we stayed up. <laughs> sure. Before we come on to um, Mr. Al-Hasawi, just tell me, you know you said about the defence and about it not being good enough for two seasons. Is that a systemic thing, a pattern of play thing, or is that actual players that aren't good enough? I think it's more to do with tactics, because uh, the same 
we've more or less still got the same back four, maybe a couple of players here and there that were really good under Dougie Freeman. But Dougie Freeman played in a completely different way where he gets 10 men behind the ball and doesn't really go off the halfway line. And if anyone does go over the halfway line, they get a nosebleed. But it worked for us in the situation that we were in because we was under embargo. Uh, so we couldn't spend any money. Um, Asambalonga was injured. Reed was injured. Chris Cohen was injured. So for then it worked. But now it, we've got the same players but still can't defend. But that's because it's down to a different manager now. It's different tactics and we're a lot more open. So... That's 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 the simple of it. Mm, food for thought. So, um, as you mentioned, in the close season, Evangelos Marinakis completes his takeover of Forest, bringing the Al Hasawi family's ownership to an end after five years. Um, can you sum up the Al Hasawi regime? Bear in mind, I've done one of these with a Sunderland fan, a Bolton fan, and God, who was the other one who was in despair? I've, I've had like three horror stories about ownerships <laughs> in about the last four weeks. Um, and can you tell us a bit about the, the new guy and um, particularly about his uh, match-fixing um, <laughs> allegations in Greece? We're not, like, do you know when you think Nottingham Forest in the last, like, five years, you just kind of think criminals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with Fawaz, he really meant well. At the start, he was like, he got everyone buzzing, like, oh, I've got all this money. I'm like one of the richest people in, in Kuwait. Yada yada, but then like as it went on, it was it was terrifying. Um, I went to a night uh, the other week with Stuart Pearce with my brother, and Stuart Pearce actually mentioned about how no one was like in certain roles of a football club where they should have had someone in that was experienced and knows the job inside and out. But he was just he was getting like his mates in that didn't have a don't have a Scooby Doo about anything of running a football club, and that's what just brought bought it all down in the end it wasn't to all, it wasn't that he was a bad person as such I don't think it was just he didn't have a clue and he didn't and he was too stubborn to get anyone in to help him and like let them run the club whereas Maranakis has ran Olympiacos for I think maybe 10 years or more or so don't, I'm not don't sure they win the league every year as well they win they win the league every year and then the Champions League but he gets people to run the football club within the first day first couple of days of them coming in he'd in, he'd there was a list of people that were going to be in charge from a certain date of the football club a chairman so he wasn't even actually going to be involved he was just like the person above the chairman and then you got a, a chief exec and you've got this this and that and and like the structure was there from day one and that was something that Fawaz didn't do which is Maranakis has done and it just shows that he's been a a person who's run a f- proper football club. Yeah, Olympiacos is like the Scottish League almost, but it's a bit more exotic, isn't it? It's probably nicer weather. Um, but they, they go in the Champions League every year and they, they compete in the Champions League like reasonably well in the group, so they don't, they don't get very far in there, but they give it a better go than, than teams that get in there all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Is there anything in these? It was a match-fixing um, betting charges that went back, I think... To 2010 or 2011 or something? Um, yeah. Is, is that still following him? Does that worry you? No, that's that's all been cleared now, um, as far as I'm I'm aware. Uh, I think he he always denied it uh, that that as well. Uh, I suppose that's what being really rich in Greece does for you, though. <laughs> so, because who knows? But the biggest worry that we all had was that um, he blew up a, a a referee's bakery for a game. So that was interesting. Did, I was thinking that Greg's. He, apparently he he had a hit on a ba- on a referee's bakery for a game, but 
I, that's what worried me more that there'd be no more Gregs. Unbe- <laughs> unbelievable. That's that's um. What was that show, James Gandalf? That's Sopranos level stuff, isn't it? Um, so Maranakis comes in in the summer. The aforementioned Asambolonga goes off to Borough for absolute truckloads of money. Um, loads of new faces come in. So. Federici and Dowell on loan. Butchalakis no, but, and Federici, Federici got cancelled in the end. Oh, it did, did it? Um, yeah. uh, Butchalakis and Bosin on freeze. Mackay and Cummings from Scotland. Bridcut from Leeds and from the Premier League. Dariqua from Burnley and a lesser spotted Daryl Murphy from uh, New- <laughs> yeah, from big, Newcastle. Big does. Yeah, can you talk about the business as a whole and whether? Despite a somber longer going, it was actually a, a net gain for the squad. Yeah, I think a lot of fans will feel aggrieved that we let a somber longer go because it's it's evident and he's doing really well at Borough that he scores goals. But I think with how Warburton plays uh, football at Forest, I don't think a somber longer would have suited it, especially as a lone striker. I think he might have struggled. In a two, he would have definitely flourished, but. Mark Warburton's really, really stubborn, and I'll and I'll let you into that as well later if you really want to. Um, I think overall the deal was pretty good because Asambolonga had this massive injury and people weren't sure about his fitness. But in terms of the money to then improve the rest of the squad, I feel like it was it was a good deal for 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 us, improving slightly on the defence, quite a bit on the midfield, and a lot up front is. Is good. It still needs improving, but this is where I always think that a manager needs maybe two or three transfers to like really progress the squad from where it was, especially where we were, which was like down in the doldrums. Yeah, sure. Um, and break our hearts a little bit. Tell us how Murphy's getting on. Uh, we we love him. Uh, I wish he was ten years younger, but ten years ago he was shit. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I, yeah. I can't, like I can't believe his goal scoring record. Uh, from like 30, 31 years old onwards, it's like he's, I, I don't know, it's like he's like Benjamin Button of football, isn't he? Like he's yeah. completely I mean, there is first. some explanation to that. He was So he was constantly loaned to us every season and kind of played on the right wing. And then obviously in fourteen fifteen, just had this absurd season where he, you know, he scored 20. Actually played up front. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, he had played up front before then. And I mean, he played up front the next season, I think got 11 or something. But he just, the whole team was set up to, you know, get the ball to him early to be one-on-one with centre-halves and crosses into him. And he was just brilliant for a season. And you're act- you're, you're right, because although he got 11, he did really well for Newcastle, didn't he? And he's already got seven for you guys. Um, What about Mackay and Buchalakis? Uh, Bouchalakis started off the season playing quite a lot and then now we haven't really seen much of him and I'm quite disappointed because I do think he's a really good player and I think it's about just gelling him into the squad almost Um, but I feel like that's been kind of halted for the moment now Uh, Barry Mackay is is a bargain absolute bargain for this for, for this market especially like when you've got what Neymar going for like 200 million pounds or whatever it was stupid uh, Barry Mackay is like is ridiculously cheap in comparison um, but the thing with him is he needs to be told he's a good player because if he plays against the fullback that gets the better of him the fir- in the first opportunity he has against him 
he seems to shy away and doesn't really like fancy himself too much. Whereas if he beats him the first time, then Barry Mackay suddenly thinks he's like Lionel Messi and can take on anyone. So it's, he's one of those players that needs a kick up the backside and telling that he's a very good player to be what he what he can be and and more. But he's he's been a, he's been stellar to be fair. Okay, um, so we've seen it. It's a bit weird in the table. Um, until a few weeks ago, it was Ipswich as well. But Forest haven't drawn any games, and Sheffield United have only drawn one. And um, so there's a lot of kind of teams that are kind of either winning or losing. Um, as I said, <laughs> um, just try and tell me who the standout players are, just based on the stats. I've got Murphy with seven goals, Dow six, and it really looks like Mackay is a good player, seven assists and four goals. Um, who have been your kind of two or three standouts? Uh, Mackay, uh, aforementioned, he's been quality. One, when, when he's on it, he's on it. I think I've been really impressed with Murphy, and I didn't get a chance to say it, but a lot of Forest fans were quite worried of signing a 34-year-old for two million pounds. But to be fair, he looks—he looks incredibly fit. Like he's quite quick for a big bloke. Um, it's not necessarily quick... the speed as well, Adam. It's the the power and the directness. Yeah. Even if he's yeah. not running as fast, you you he'll just bloody bash you out the way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think he he brings players in, into in into the into the game a lot. He he's he's just a good good target man. And he's not. I don't think he's just a target man, though. He he can finish, and he's got he's got good feet on him. To be fair to him, um, and he's like the he's like the dad now of the squad because he's a, he's quite an old bloke. But uh, so Mackay Murphy, and it's quite tough because there's a lot of players that come in and out of form. But I've actually been quite impressed with Joe Worrell, who's who's played centre half for us because I think he's improved a hell of a lot from the last season when he when he first burst onto the scene from the academy. I think he's he's a captain in the making. He's been playing. He played in the Toulon tournament in for England in the summer and and captain that side that and they won that. And now he's been pushed into the under twenty ones and he's only going upwards in my in my books. Great, great. Um, so, do you think uh, try your best? You can give us some kind of idea of a lineup we expect to see. If if you're not sure, just just chuck an either or in certain positions. But do you think you can <laughs> give us a kind of roughish eleven? Yeah, I can tell you how we're going to play as well, and I'll probably tell you how you could probably beat us. <laughs> um, okay. So jo- Jordan Smith will play in goal. Uh, Eric Leite right back. Armand Troy at left back. Joe Worrell, Michael Mancian at centre halves. The two hold like holding more centre midfielders will more likely be. Oh, I'm hoping it will be David Vaughan and Ben Osborne. Uh, in the, uh, a three behind uh, Big Daz will be Mackay, Dow, and hopefully Carriol. I would like to see, but I know Warburton likes to play strikers out wide because he's a fucking idiot. But uh, <laughs> uh, and then Dar- and then Daryl Murphy up top to score the winner against you. Unfortunately, you know, you'll probably not celebrate. But yeah, yes, he did. Um, obviously came back from Newcastle last season and obviously scored at Portman Road <laughs> but 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 we won so everyone was a winner that day um just two questions I'm sure when I saw last year Osborne who I thought was really good was playing quite farther forward has he been kind of put back uh, deeper in midfield yeah he's been playing centre midfield predominantly he gets shoved out left midfield every now and then um but what I like about Osborne's his energy is is ridiculous, and he is a quality player. The last couple of games, he's been a bit off it, but get, then again, a lot of players have been off it. 
Um, but what he brings is just, he's just endless. Like he'll make a mistake, but he will always try and rectify it. And he's such a good team player. Um, and I think he gets a lot of stick at Forest because he just looks like he runs around aimlessly. But that's, that's, it's not what he does at all. It's just, it's just how he plays and he's an energy type of player. But when he's on, on it, then he causes a lot of teams, a lot of problems without doing too much, if you know what I mean. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Yeah, sorry, sorry, just got interrupted. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the other question I was going to ask? Um, Mackay, which side does he play? Uh, generally, uh, on the left, so he can cut in on his right. Um, but he has been known to like switch it about a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's he's deceivingly quick, um, Barry Mackay. I think if he gets a yard of space, he kind of tends to try like glide past the player rather than actually like outrun him. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Now, I I agree with what you say about, because uh, we've had the same thing. McCarthy's tried to play the four-two-three-one, and we've ended up like Waghorn's played wide, uh, Sears, McGoldrick, um, you know, ending up strikers out wide. I just think these older school managers, you know, they're not entirely sure quite how to do it. And it's interesting that you say about four-two-three-one because McCarthy often matches up. I mean, and you mentioned... Uh, win against Derby on Tuesday. That was a quite defensive um, system. So I can see him going back to um, match up with you guys. So um, $64,000 question then. Can you beat us? How are you going to do it? And what do you think is going to happen? I, I think we can beat you if we're, if we're on it. It depends how Ipswich go about things. And I think if Mick McCarthy watched the highlights from Cardiff, it will be slow the game down, uh, don't allow us to play from the back very often, um, get in our faces, 
and just be really horrible to play against. If you get 10 men behind the ball, we just don't seem to be able to play against it. We've we've played all the teams we've lost to essentially this season have been teams that get like 10 or 11 men behind the ball. Birmingham City, we got we got beat by. Cardiff did the same essentially and played like really horrible crap football against us. Barnsley did the same. It's just like if if teams are compact and like don't really allow us to have space and just allow us to have the ball with like not really doing anything with it then they tend to win because we'll end up just giving you a goal at some point um but if you allow us to play and allow us to get a rhythm then and get in behind we will we could slaughter you that's that's how forest are at the moment it it, you don't actually know which one's going to turn up half the time that's the problem we're we're consistent at being inconsistent it should be it should be a good watch though, shouldn't it? Um, do you do you think you can give me a score prediction? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm going to say a sneaky two-one to us uh, with Murphy scoring the what the ninety ninety <coughs> seventh minute or the ninety third minute. Ninety third. Yeah. Um, right. Let's go to questions from the listeners. This is uh, big. <coughs> Sorry. Be- no, you're a good man. Uh, this is Beaconbauer. Does he think the Tricky Trees will finish above or below Ipswich? <coughs> well, I'm surprised how Ipswich have gone this season. Because last season you were quite poor. But the start you had was ridiculous. Um, it's quite a tough one. I can't really say. I think we're going to come mid-table. I don't, I'm not sure where. Ipswich are going to finish, whether they're going to finish above or below. <coughs> I'm dying, as you can tell. <laughs> I think you'll finish below us. Okay. Uh, Tim says, do they, <coughs> do they still reminisce about the Cluffy era like we do about Sir Bobby? Um, I don't in particular, because I wasn't born then. Um, a lot of Forest fans have got this thing about living in the past a little bit like Liverpool have um, well and and Ipswich yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I suppose the older generation do um people like myself that were born in like the early 90s ask the older generation what it was like um but no I don't I don't I don't in particular but I, I suppose other people do and I don't blame them um we had a film come out the other year called I believe in miracles that is amazing wasn't it um, so I suppose that kind of generated the whole talk about winning the European Cup and Clough coming back. And I think uh, as well, Adam, Leicester winning the league, <laughs> everyone compared it to Forrest winning the league in 79, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Um, and I'll shut Leicester City fans down by saying that it wasn't that great of achievement. <laughs> <laughs> um, different. I suppose it's it's two different areas. You can't really compare. It's quite difficult to, to compare that sort of success in, in all honesty. It's not... Apples and oranges, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, I think with Ipswich, it's it's weird because Forest and Ipswich have probably been the two longest teams in the championship. If I'm correct, I think you lot Pippers by like maybe a year or two. Yeah, Birmingham as well, maybe <laughs> Birmingham. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're 16 years into but, this dirge. Um, but it's it's but it's a little bit crap because you're getting teams like Brighton who are plastic fans and people like, and just. And Hud, like team, no, no offense to them, but like Huddersfield and teams like that, and then you've got two sl- absolute sleeping giants in Forest and Ipswich, oh, and Leeds as well, just Leeds and and other clubs, just 
dildering along, like just trudging along in the championship, and it's it's shocking, really, because if you got those sort of teams back in the Premier League, I think it would generate a lot more viewings and a lot more interest in in, in all honesty. Sure. Uh, Nathan says, <clears throat> "Why did you get rid of Bentner? Laughing face, shocked face, crying face." <laughs> um, do you know what? When I first saw Nicholas Bentner play, I thought. I was like, this is why he was a Premier League player. Like his touch is unbelievable, to to be fair, and he has got some qualities, but he just doesn't he just doesn't fit in, and his attitude absolutely stinks. <laughs> and to be fair, we we it couldn't get any worse that season. He'd come and play for us. Okay, um, and I think you covered this. Troy says, how well is Daryl Murphy fitting in? Mrs. Nuts says, do they understand the depth of love <laughs> we still have for him? Like an ex, we just can't stop thinking about. <laughs> I suppose it's like um, I kind of still wish we had Luke Chambers who captains Ipswich now. So, yeah, I, I understand that. And you're not going to see um, Chambers on Saturday because he's suspended, which doesn't work very well um, against defending Mr. Murphy. So um, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one on on Saturday. I mean, we're such a weird kind of team and club where we don't know the best system we don't know the best 11 we don't really know what's going to happen what team he's going to put out <laughs> you know it's all a little bit of a mess we don't know whether the manager is going to stay on past the end of his contract so literally anything could happen we could win 4-0 we could lose 4-0 it could be a nil-nil draw and none of those things are out of the question so um not a very kind of stable type um yes. It's Type. funny that you, it's funny that you say that. Sorry to interrupt. No, that last season we had we had that issue where we didn't know who was going to play, but we kind of knew what sort of result we were going to get. Yeah, because right. Just how we were. But whereas this season we've got an identity, we know how we're going to play. It's just whether which Forest turns up determines what result we're going to get. But the problem we've got is when it's going wrong, Warburton doesn't have a plan B. He just thinks Plan A needs to be better worked on. Whereas I think a good manager, and I think I know I know Mick McCarthy's had his had like differences of opinion on him over the last season and a little bit because it it hasn't gone quite as well as those two playoff campaigns you had. Um, but I bet he's I bet when it's going wrong, he can he he can see it and he'll change the formation or he'll change personnel. Whereas Warburton doesn't tend to do that, unfortunately, and it really like angers a lot of Forest fans because if he just changes those little things to to hopefully get a result, then he becomes a better manager. But he's too stubborn in his ways at the moment. But I love how he play, how he works, and how he loves how he loves for us to play football. I completely agree with that. It's just little things to when you're chasing the game is all that I hate. That's um, extremely perceptive what you've just said because <laughs> I think everybody listening will be thinking that the manager you want is halfway between McCarthy and Warburton because. McCarthy, you're right. The other night in game against Derby, just just brilliant, you know, just tweaking little things to keep the clean sheet. But and you say about Warburton never changing. The problem with McCarthy is he gets put in a corner. He tries a say a different system, and then the first like sign possible thing of something going wrong, he then like reverts back to this defensive thing. So it sounds like Warburton gives it too long, and McCarthy doesn't give it long enough. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah, interesting. But they maybe need to become 
assistant and uh, manager together. Yeah, but <laughs> ni- neither of them in this universe would ever work with somebody else, would they? Yeah. Um, we we ask all our um, contributors on this, Adam. Your favourite Forest player since you've been watching doesn't have to be a cliche obvious one. Could be a cult hero. It could just be the best one you've seen. Who do you think? Um, I think the best one, the best player I've seen, like who's gone on to play in the Premier League, is Mikel Antonio. Um, was just unbelievable in the one season we had him for, and went for like absolutely tuppence to West Ham for like seven million. It should have been about twenty because he was about the best player in the league and kept us like afloat. Um, but the best player I love, I love overall for Forest is Andy Reid. Oh, I just think, yeah, I just think, I think the man who's who who should be playing Sunday League. Like you look at him and you think you should be a builder on a building site, like shout gobbing off at like blokes about bricks. Um, but he could play football brilliantly. He just had a wand of a left foot, like this fat bloke who just destroyed teams, basically. Like, like what Lee Tomlin does for yeah. whoever he plays for, Bristol City, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm nodding along because I remember uh, when you got in the playoffs under Paul Hart, uh, there was an amazing game at Portman Road where we were 2 nil up in like 20 minutes and then it was 2-2 after about 30 minutes and you ended up winning 4-3 and... I think there was Reed Johnson, Harewood, Huckabee, Des Walker as a superb Forest team, and Reed was literally every time you got a free kick anywhere near our goal, you've actually scored from them, either from him <laughs> crossing or shooting. It was, it was quite the quite the performance. Um, right, um, I think we've done it, Adam. Um, we're on fairly limited time, so I will let you go. Um, do you want to just give it one more plug for your channel and where people can kind of catch the Ipswich coverage after the game? Yeah, we're uh, Forever Forest TV. Um, if if fans want to check out any of our content, we're we're on YouTube and we're on we're on iTunes for for podcasts and stuff. And we'll probably talk more about the Ipswich game midweek on our, on our podcast, where we like to have a rant and a ramble, basically. But that's where you can find us. And um, if any of our fans want to say thank you for giving your time up on Twitter, where can where can we find you? We're just at Forever Forest TV. And uh, thank you for everyone who asked questions. And thanks to you again, Ben, for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. So um, this is obviously part of the Blue Monday network of podcasts. Um, If you've got this far, you're probably already a subscriber. But if you haven't, go and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Or we do recommend the Acast app. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC, where you can buy a T-shirt if you look in the bio. Um, You'll be able to see my match review on YouTube after the Forest game as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom. Okay, I think we've done it. Um, do you want to have the last word, Adam? Um, come on, you Reds. <laughs> so, we always say good luck for good luck for Saturday, good luck for the rest of the season, but maybe not so much. <laughs> not so much Saturday. No, good luck, good luck for the rest of the season. No, it was, it was really good to, to be on here. It was interesting. Thank you for having me. Good Great luck. Stuff. And good we'll, luck for Saturday, but but not good luck for Saturday, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and we we try and catch up for the return game, yeah? Yes, definitely. Cool, great stuff. Thanks a lot, Adam. Cheers, mate.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.